let's go back to where we were in Ephesians. Paul's been explaining what walking by the Spirit looks like in, in view of the world. How does the world see us as believers walking by the Spirit? And there's a significant difference between the way the redeemed walk and the way the unredeemed walk. I hope you understand what redeemed and unredeemed is. Redeemed is those that know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That he died for our sins. So let, let me pick up where we left off. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6 says, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. When he's talking about empty arguments, he's really talking about these foolish or, or futile arguments, things that just aren't important at all. So whatever Paul is referring to here, you literally have to look at all 66 books in this Bible. There's 66 books, and you look in there and you filter that thing and you go, are the things that I want to argue about, and in this today's society, this world that we're living in, there's a lot of arguing going on. And it's a lot of opinions. Everybody's expressing their opinions. But I, I, I think, too, those that um, see it differently, which is probably the majority in this room, you've, you've toned down those opinions and realize that it's probably not worth it. That's literally what Paul's saying right here is like, it's not important to argue uh, with the disobedient. Those who, he's saying it, you would be disobedient to do that. Those who could care less about God and want nothing to do with him, the, the, why are we having arguments with them? Because we're not even going to think alike. We talked about it last week. I have the Spirit of God living in me, and they can't even process or think like I think. The Spirit of truth allows, the, I believe, the believers to steer clear of this emptiness as long as you can stay focused. Verse 7, it says, Therefore, do not become their partners. There's, there's no reason under any circumstance for a believer to participate in the activities of those who disregard the truth and just wallow in the worldly stuff. But, no, there's no buts about it. There's not. There's not any reason to. Like, m my life is totally different than their life. Verse 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. You were once darkness. You go back to what he said in Ephesians chapter 2. He says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as others were also. You get this, right? That you were born under the seed of Adam and you were born with this Adamic nature. It was natural for all of us in this room to sin. It was. It was natural. 
But now everything has changed. We go back to the one verse that we quote in here all the time, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and now the new has come. I'm literally looking at new creations in this room. You look different, you act different, you smell different. And he says, walk as children of light. Well, how do you walk as children of light if you don't know that you are children of light? That's, that's the whole reason we, we come here and we gather as we talk about who you are. This is who you are. Know who you are. And he says, habitually, but now you are in the light, walk as children of the light. Not on again, off again manner, but we do this continually. And honestly, this is not only from sin, but from religions and the rules and regulations. If we can like walk away from all that, even the religious stuff, and just walk, just, just be, just learn how to be the light. Verse 9, it says, For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. <laughs> this is you. This is in reference to the light. If you choose to walk by the Spirit, then a certain fruit will naturally be produced. I, I say that all the time. It's, it's good to smell you. And you guys kind of like laugh. But, you know, we always say it's good to see you. Well, why can't you just say it's good to smell you? It's one of the senses. But the reason I really say that is because there is a different aroma about you. Like, spiritually, there's an aroma that comes from this group. And it's a beautiful smell. So, when I literally say it's good to smell you, it really is good to smell you. I'm not talking about your physical smell. I'm talking about the spiritual smell that comes from you. Because it says right here, Fruit being goodness, righteousness, and truth. What is profitable, what is generous, what is beneficial, what is upright, and what is virtuous. These are the things that are reflecting off of you and coming from you. And not only that, you profit and you benefit others. You're generous to others because it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.15, See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Amy was like, isn't a perfect example of that. Is that she's got a lot going on and there's a lot just happening in this world, but there's just like goodness that comes from her. And righteousness, the believer's right standing with God. I hope you understand that. I was at a funeral yesterday. One of my friends was up there doing the eulogy, and he was talking about how uh, unrighteous everyone is. And I just wanted to say, I was unrighteous, but now I'm righteous. And it wasn't because I did it, it was because Jesus did it in me. The man who died, the man who died was righteous when he died. Because of what he believed. He believed in Jesus, so Jesus made him a new creation, made him righteous. It's our standing. It's where we are. It's who we are. And you have to know that. And then the truth. Only, I, 
I believe that only believers can walk in the truth. That's a, that's a huge statement to say, but really, if you define truth, not how Oprah defines it, as everybody has their own truth, but there's one truth, and that's Jesus. So if Jesus is the truth, only believers can truly walk in truth. You, you forfeit so much in life by not knowing and pursuing the truth of God, which is Jesus. I quoted several times during Ephesians, Tozer, a theologian, he says, Many church groups have perished from too much organization, even as others from too little. Wise church leaders will watch out for both extremes. A man may die as a result of having extremely low blood pressure, as certainly as from having too high, and it matters little which takes him off. He's equally dead either way. The important thing in church organization is to discover the scriptural balance between two extremes and avoid both. It is painful to see a happy group of Christians born in simplicity and held together by the bonds of heavenly love slowly lose their simple character, begin to try to regulate every sweet impulse of the spirit and slowly die from within. Yet, that is the direction almost all Christian denominations have taken throughout history, and in spite of warnings set out by the Holy Spirit and the scriptures of truth, it's the direction almost all church groups are taking today. Churches and societies founded by saintly men with courage, faith, and sanctified imagination appear unable to propagate themselves on the same spiritual level beyond one or two generations. In all our fallen life, there is a strong gravitational pull toward complexity and away from things that are simple and real. There seems to be a kind of sad invitality back on our morbid urge towards the spiritual suicide. Literally what he's saying right here is this. The gospel was made simple, and it was meant to stay simple. That's it. But we, as a body, begin to complicate it. There's a balance of knowing that what you have and then intellectualizing what you have. Like, I want you to know what you have, but all of a sudden when it becomes just intellectual discussions and everything else, then you've kind of lost just the simpleness of the gospel. Again, I'm told up here, keep teaching to sixth graders. Keep teaching to sixth graders. Make it simple. Make it understandable for the whole room. Verse 10, he says, testing what is pleasing to the Lord. That's this discerning, testing, trying to learn, even proving, even proving. As believers, we figure this thing out and we prove it to others as a way of life rather than it's not my duty, it's not my obligation, it's not my responsibility. It's just figuring this thing out and what is pleasing to the Lord. Let me tell you what's pleasing to the Lord. You are. Simply you are. Why are you pleasing to the Lord? Well, there's this aroma about you. Well, it's because he made you righteous. It's because he made you holy. It's because he's forgiven you. Now, 
I personally believe it's more general than it is specific. It's not about the specific behavioral things that we do, but it's simply walking by the Spirit that pleases the Lord. It's that simple. Verse 11 says, Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. Participate, basically just saying fellowship, partake with others. And then he says to expose, you're basically to reproving. That that could even be an open rebuke. But as I said in the beginning, that's not where I am a lot of time. I very rarely would openly rebuke someone. But also choosing not to participate, it leads to conviction. It's as Amy was saying, sometimes the best exposure is love by actions rather than love by words. What you do and how you live your life. People will always tell me, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to change, this is what you know, the Lord's leading me to do. I really don't care. I just want to watch. I just want to see what he does. I'll see what you do. The actions are more important to me than the words. Verse 12, it says, For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. <laughs> He's saying, talking about non-believers' behavior can uh, be even harmful to believer. I, I don't talk about sin up here, or even specific sin, because... If I do, it may trigger some of you all out here. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that just talking about it, mentioning it, and so that's why we talk about Jesus. It's literally, if I want you to walk away from sin, if I want you to walk in the light, then I'm going to talk about Jesus, not about the things that are causing people to stumble or trip. Verse 13, it says, Everything exposed by the light is made visible. I believe that truth for the believer not only allows them to detect error, but also to know the motive behind the error. Uh, I counsel with people all the time. I sit with people all the time, and I hear their troubles and things like that. And I, I will always say, are, are we going to talk about the symptoms? What the things that you're dealing with, you know, behaviorally, or are we going to talk about the root issue? The root cause. What's the root cause? And generally the root cause for me is losing focus on your identity. It's always going to come back to identity. And if you lose focus on your identity, then there's going to be issues that happen. There's going to be symptoms that come along. And you can deal with those symptoms and you can solve those symptoms for a while, but then you're going to eventually come back to those symptoms in six months to two or three years. But if you get to the root issue, let's get to the root issue and figure what that is. Verse 14, he says, For what makes everything visible is light. Therefore it is said, Get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. When he's talking about the sleeper, he's talking about the unredeemed man. He's like saying, Come to salvation, come to know Jesus. Christ becomes the light in you. Verse 15, Pay careful attention then, to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Walk carelessly or walk carefully. There's a big difference. I believe, you know, 
when he's talking about this, he's talking about wisdom. He's talking about the ability to view life from God's perspective. That's what wisdom is. When I go to seek wisdom from my friends, it's typically people that are walking close with the Lord. People that are going to be able to see things from God's perspective rather than their own. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 says, Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can equal her. We're talking about wisdom here. There's nothing more important than wisdom. Why would we, who now have Christ the Savior living in us, this Holy Spirit living in us, why would we want to go back living like fools, living in darkness? This is what it looked like in Titus 3.3. For we too once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. That was our old life. Now we've walked out of that into light. Why would we ever want to go back to that? It doesn't even make sense. And then this is one of my favorite verses right here is making the most of the time because the days are evil. Okay, what do we do with our time? Do you think about what you do with your time? Making the most, make valuable, something treasured and something remembered, some memorable experiences. Watch this. Doug? I'll pick on you for a minute, if I can. Yeah, it is. Oh, Jim, we said this. We we tested this like there it is. There you did. Did you do that or did I do that? I did it. Doug, you remember this memorable time when you went to the Holiday World? And your buddy's not even here this morning, is he? Warner. You can't see these pictures? Now I can. You can turn around and see it. What about this memory? You're, Jim, you're going to have to like scroll through it. What about this memory? Do you, where was that? Was it Holiday World? And so that's Lucy Getchell, is that right? And then there's this experience. What about this memory that you created? Do you remember that one? Yeah, Big John, I didn't know how to work that. He said, hop in there, I'll give you five minutes to figure it out. Spring Hill. We were at Spring Hill working, uh, building this camp for kids, and they put Doug in charge of that. Never had run one before. What? Oh, yeah, I'll give you the mic. Here. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, sorry. See, there you go. I don't even know how to turn this on. I don't own tools, by the way. Caroline owns tools. But, like, yeah, that John, he, he told me to get in there, and he gave me five minutes to figure it out. And uh, that, that was a fun day. Yeah, what about this next picture? Uh, that's a, that was a really good one. That's, uh, yeah, that's Bob to the right. Uh, Bob some, Warren, who uh, wrote the Roman study. Yeah, some, some of you haven't gotten the chance to meet him yet. But uh, he is truly a great man. Yep, he's with Jesus. 
about this one? That was Craig May's generosity right there. We were racing go-karts. Boy, is this my funeral? <laughs> Save these. The kids, they'll, this will be great. I don't, that's probably at a ski trip. Yeah, ski trip. And I Rusty like, likes to do these kind of pictures. I don't I know like why. I like to take pictures of people eating. And what about this trip? That's, that's going to see the Rangers with friends. That was a lot of fun. You drove all the way to Texas for two games and then drove all the way home. And what I learned was Michelle, she was such a champ. She rode in our bouncy van. You Hernandez's, you know about ba- bouncy vans. Um, she was such a champ, and I learned that Michelle had her own phone line in her room growing up. Yeah, she did. She's a rich kid. 437-7734. I would wake up in the morning and she, we'd still be on the phone together. Uh, that's pathetic. In high school. Kinda, what about this memory? Okay, that... What? Well, I don't remember that one. <clears throat> you have so many good memories. This is Top Golf at Christmas. We took the junior oh, yeah. high and the high school yeah, kids that was to like Top Golf. Uh, and then your most one of your most recent memories. Uh, this was really sweet. Uh, yeah, Leavener actually paid for us to go to a baseball game. That was that was a humbling thing to say yes. Yeah, it's. I don't know if you guys if it's hard to say yes to a, a gift. Sometimes it is for me, and and that one was precious. I mean. Got to take our kids to a Tampa Bay Yankees game. It's wonderful. You didn't get the front row like we did, but now I'm going to take you back a little bit. Uh, that was the birth of That's Spencer. Spencer, Spencer, yeah. that was you, you little punk. <laughs> I was there that day, and then uh, I love this picture. If you can't see, uh, I bought. Is I that bought Warner. Is that Colton. that's Colton? It says Colton on the blanket. You don't even know your own kids. <laughs> Hi, Colt. Welcome to this world. But I bought those diapers. Oh, yeah, the Yankees him. diapers. They have New York Yankees on them. I said, yeah. fill those drawers up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then there's this. Where's that? That's like in an Indians game. Yeah, and he was just sitting by himself. He, nobody, <laughs> nobody would sit with him. <laughs> Spencer, you're... Then, then there's this. I took him to the Ranger game and converted him to a Rangers fan. That's true. Then there's then there's this. Oh, that was fun. That was at the DeSalvo's house. And, yeah, that's kind of a big snake there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. What was that dude's name? Do you guys remember? Uh, I, I do remember We've name. talked about him from time to time. No, it's not Rupert. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then there's this. I tattooed your son with OU on his forehead. So, Doug, we've created some great memories inside of Levner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you've made the most of your time in your life? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I I, I literally think that, uh, I'll take that. I think that you could teach and teach and teach, but uh, I, I have a hard time remembering what I taught last week. But those... Those last forever. So when he's sitting there making the most of your time because the days are evil. Uh, oh, I got one more. Well, let's do this guy. He just rolled his eyes. 
This was Mike Zastro cooking at camp for our kids. And then the next picture is uh, Mike with hair. <laughs> if you remember what that was like years ago. Uh, and then he created memories with his daughter, Bryn. Look at that. That's at a dad and daughter dance. Uh, Mike, holiday world, uh, playing catch. Let's have a catch. I had fun kind of going back through these. Now look at this. This is when you went to Oklahoma. And uh, there's Joe Harding. And we were eating at Van's Pig Stand that day. But uh, they had tornadoes in Oklahoma, and you went and helped clean those things out. Here's Mike at uh, the dad and daughter dance rehearsal, getting his groove on. Uh, and then he went out west with us. That was at the base of the Tetons, Grand Tetons. Is that right, Big John? Do you remember that? And this is me and him at uh, Yellowstone. Some good memories here. Oh, what about this one? Uh the Field of Dreams. Actually, that guy was a, the catcher in the movie Field of Dreams. And he met us there at Field of Dreams. And then here's Mike with hair again. It was, uh, uh, what night was that at the Chicago White Sox game? Mullet night. Mullet night. We had mullet. We all had mullets. Here's Mike and I at Mount Rushmore dressed as tourists. Uh, here's Troy and Mike. It's kind of weird. Oh, this was a special one. This was Valentine's Day uh, with me and my wife and Mike's having dinner with us. And that was on the ski trip. And uh, here's Mike and me at the dance. Uh, here's Mike and Matt at a Cubs-Reds game. Uh, here's Mike in uh, Wisconsin. We took the seniors out to like a fish dinner in Wisconsin. We golfed five years ago, uh, um, and here, here's a great picture. This is one of the last pictures with Todd Dolbeer. We took Todd to lunch right before he passed. Oh, and there's uh, Mike and Troy again. So we're, oh, this one, this one's kind of funny. This one's at camp. Mike was playing pickleball, and he hit himself in the lip with a paddle. And this was Matt and Mike torturing the kids at pickleball at camp. Uh, here's Mike in the hospital. I've seen, I, I feel like I've lived your life with you, or for some reason I have all these pictures. Yeah, uh, Mike's sick, and then there's the most recent one of you and Bryn. Uh, and then the one sitting on our deck, this was during COVID, we couldn't, we just had to like be with people and hang out with people, so we went and hung out on the back deck. I'm almost done, Mike, really. Uh, this is when Mike showed up at camp with Jim David in a plane, and his wife went to greet him, and she actually hugged Jim David instead of Mike. <laughs> this is when all the guys went to uh, Victory Field and played golf on Victory Field. And uh, this is when, uh, this next one is like, I had to do a funeral for uh, Dale Speckman's dad, and uh, Mike and Trish were helping us label Taco Bell packets all night long for a special gig, and then uh, last week we went golfing five years after we went golfing the first time. Mike, we created some memories, right? There, there's no no question about it. What I'm saying is I, I could probably do this with, like, most of you in this room, is, is create memories. I believe that uh, I can teach the Bible all day long. Amy said... 
how do you how do you get your kids to figure this thing out? You just you just live life. You live life and you be light. Be light. Make the most of your time. Just love one another. Just hang out with one another. It may be for a season, but whatever it is, it's an opportunity. I believe that when you hang out with wise people, wise people, and you get to the root of your problems. You get to the root of problems of whether than you wasting precious time on just like surface issues. It's a big deal to hang out with wise people. He says, verse 17, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I'll say it again, and you know what the Lord's will is for your life. Ellie, the Lord's will for your life is the same that it is for me. That's for you to walk by the Spirit. Luke, same for you. Walk by the Spirit. Everybody in this room, God's will for your life is that you quit doing it in your own strength. That you quit doing it in your own strength. That you walk by the Spirit and let Him breathe for you, live for you. Verse 18, it says, And and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. You know that they actually uh, used wine in Paul's days to stimulate worship? Uh, But people would get carried away with it. And so he's literally saying, you don't need that to stimulate your worship. There's a this spirit inside of you, this spirit-filled thing inside of you that can get you just as excited or whatever as, as alcohol can. Be filled with that and you will have a greater influence. He like goes through the whole list in Colossians about the things that uh, they're struggling with and behavior and everything else. But he's literally saying, you were made to be holy. Choose to walk in your holiness. You have that choice. And then verse 19 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. He's literally saying there's three things that believers will do. First of all, he's joyful in verse 19. In the next two verses, he says that they're thankful and they're submissive. Watch this. Verse 20 says, Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being filled with the Spirit is the only way you're able to always give thanks regardless of the circumstances. Amy just showed that. It's the only way that you're able to be thankful in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the grief, in the midst of the chaos. And then the last verse, oh, it's that word. Let me, let me back up and get a running start at this. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ focus on that word for a second, that submitting word that everybody hates. Why has it become a word that we hate? Don't you know that you submit almost every day? 
you voluntarily submit every day, yet you hate the word submit. Like, if we don't submit, then there's just going to be chaos in this world. If everybody's trying to take control, there's going to be chaos. You can see it in our world. Now think about this for a second. We're not talking about losing your authority. I believe that Jesus had all the authority in the world. Yet he submitted to the cross. Never lost his authority. Never. In fact, it probably even made it greater. But the fact that he would submit... A husband can submit to his wife and not lose authority. A wife can submit to her husband and not lose authority. We're getting ready to get into those passages next week. Talking about submission. It's not a bad word. Understanding that submission still allows you to view each other as equals. It allows that. Because Galatians, Paul says, verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 28, There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all the same. Though we submit to each other. We submit. There's nothing wrong with the word submission. We'll get into that next week. Continue to make memories. Continue to love one another. Continue to walk in the light. Father, that's my prayer for my friends today. That we can have fun here and we can just reflect a little bit and think about um, what a great work you have done in our lives. What a great work you've done. May we walk in that this week. May we enjoy that this week. May we stay focused on you this week. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.